to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Wow, I told you about this show that was coming up here today, and I'm so thrilled about it. And before I get into it, I want to give everybody a reminder, all of you out there. I mentioned that Rhonda Britton is coming to Seattle for those of you that are in Seattle. But if you're not in Seattle and you're listening through CBS or CRN, here's the deal. Rhonda has created a 40-city tour. And so this is an offering to the public. Rhonda, of course, is a best-selling author of Fearless Living. But beyond that, she decided to go around the country and do a Fearless Living tour inside and out. And so many of us have seen her as the life coach on Celebrity Fit Club. But she has found a need to take a very personal message out there to help people right now. And here's the deal. What she's done is she scheduled this, and it's going to be on Thursday at the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle. So please make a note, 645, show up. $20 to the general public. However, if you are unemployed or in transition or in between jobs, the tab is on her. This is about giving and giving back and making sure that all of us are reminded of how truly magnificent we are. That's today's show as well. I have to tell you, I'm so thrilled to be here and to be having a conversation with Thomas Moore. And if any, many of us who have read Care of the Soul understands quite a bit about his journey, but also about the power and the passion of his work. And I want to just say this, you know, he is the author of Cure of the Soul, spent 46 plus weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, uh, and the author of 15 other books on deepening spirituality and cultivating the soul in every aspect of life. He has been a monk, a musician, a university professor, a psychotherapist, and today he lectures widely on holistic medicine, spirituality, and psychotherapy and ecology. He also writes fiction, music, and works with his wife, artist, and yoga instructor, Joan Hanley. But the bottom line to this is for me, he is an individual that has a very powerful message and an incredible journey. Today, we're going to hear about his latest book, or I believe his latest book, because there's so so many messages that you know he is producing, Care of the Soul in Medicine. Care of the Soul in Medicine, Healing Guidance for Patients, Families, and the People Who Care for Them. Now, let me just say this. We also have five copies of this book to give away to those of you out there. So today, we're going to be looking at and talking about the soul, the body, medicine, what it does, what it doesn't do, and what is it we're getting and not getting in care of the soul in medicine. And so today's show is an honor, and it truly is a blessing to have Thomas Moore join us here today. Thomas, thank you so much for joining to show the show. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm very happy to be with you. I'm very happy to have you on the show today for a lot of reasons. Um, and let me just start out with a question that I ask so many people. You, I just mentioned all of the different things that you've been the books, perhaps you know, the best-selling book that uh, that you wrote, 
But here's the question. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Uh, well, that's a very good question. It would take me a while to really... <laughs> we have the whole hour. It out. Okay. Okay, we, we've got the hour. We've got you uh, here I'm for the hour. I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, obstacles. Uh, um, I think um, one of the biggest ones was that uh, uh, there was a point in my life when I really didn't know where to go, what was going to happen next. Uh, I thought I would be a college professor for the rest of my life. I love that idea of being at a university teaching. But um, uh, they did not give me tenure because I, I think the main reason was that I just couldn't write in the academic style. And that's what they told me. They didn't like the way I wrote or that I didn't get published in the in these journals. I knew you and I had something in common. Yeah, really? Is that right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, and so at the time, this was a long time ago, probably, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't even think how long ago. And um, at the time, I thought, wow, this is the end. You know, I don't know what to do next. And I was... Uh, uh, I, I was worried about it, trying to figure out what I might be able to do. And immediately, I mean, within hours almost, people began asking me to be a, a ther ther therapist, psychotherapist. I had been trained to do that, but I never intended to do it. So I began doing that work as a therapist. And then uh, I thought at one point I, maybe I should write uh, what I've been doing because I realized I was doing it in a way that most of my colleagues were not. Mm -hmm. And that's when I wrote Care of the Soul, and that book really opened up worlds for me. I've had, I've had plenty to do ever since, and I've had a wonderful life as a writer, which I really enjoy. So that, that, um, that failure, you might call it, and that period of not knowing what to do, uh, was really a very fortunate time for me. I mean, if, I, otherwise I'd still be teaching at a university somewhere <laughs> and suffering the judgment that I'm not writing the way I should be. I have to tell you, many of our listeners may not uh, understand the depth of what you've just said, but I certainly do, because I just couldn't do it. I mean, you know, when I did my dissertation, I had an incredible advisor that allowed me to take a little extra liberty with things and to write about something I was passionate about, but I didn't fit in there either. Was that your soul calling you into another direction? How would you describe the the change or you know the opportunity that happened to you was it divine intervention uh i, I probably wouldn't call it that exactly i okay. mean it's in that direction mm -hmm. uh i i have lived my life almost all the way mm. uh, by following signs you know if i see yeah. signs that it's time to do something I, I make a move i i started out you know in a catholic monastery and studying to be a priest, and I woke up one morning after 13 years at it, mm. shortly before I was to be ordained, about six months before, and I just realized that it was gone, you know, that whatever got me there had had, had disappeared and said, well, you know, try something else. And I had no good reason, but uh, I felt it strongly, and I just immediately moved out of there, and I never regretted it. So I've been doing this all my life of making these changes, and I've been criticized uh, uh, criticized for not being able to focus or to you know to be doing too many different things. 
But then when I was successful at it, instead of being criticized, people said, what an interesting life you've led. <laughs> it was the same life, but it was a different uh, point of view on it. So uh, I've been encouraged to continue in that way. So that's what I do now. I look for signs and I change and I do what, what I feel that I'm, I'm called to do. I do have a strong sense of destiny. I have, um, even though I've been a theologian and, and you know, studied for the priesthood and all of that, my notion of the divine right now is so subtle and so baked into life that I probably would not talk about it as a kind of divine intervention. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything is divinely intervened as far as I can see. So, and, and I like to see the world and life just totally enmeshed with, with divinity. So I, I don't talk that way, but, um, but, you know, I, I, I say it's pretty close. Yeah, and let's talk about signs, though, because I love that. I love to, I love, I'm, I'm just had an astrologer on, so I'm not even going to ask Excellent. you your birthday. <laughs> we can talk about it during, we can talk about it during a break. But here's the question that I want to ask, because, you know, this book, Care of the Soul in Medicine, is incredible. And I wanted to ask you, what sign did you get whenever you got it? To say, okay, Thomas, it's now time for you to write this book, Care of the Soul in Medicine, Healing Guidance for Patients, Family, and People Who Care for Them. Okay, well, it, it started about uh, 18 years ago when I published Care of the Soul, mm -hmm. and uh, everything was fine, and I was just sitting around, and I started getting telephone calls and, and letters from doctors and medical schools saying, come talk to us. And I thought, what in the world is all that? I'd never thought that my work had anything to do with medicine. But they were calling me. And so over the past 18 years, I've attended countless conferences in medicine and have gone to many, many medical schools in many countries and many hospitals. So after having done all that, I mean, that's a sign, you know. I mean, the phone rings and, you, and people say, come to us. And I felt a bit intimidated at first because... I didn't know anything about it, but as I say often, it, it has never stopped me before you know, to not know <laughs> anything. I t I'll talk about just about anything. And uh, so I did. I went to these places, and I felt a bit uh, strange because uh, all the doctors around me were, were, were presenting science, which was very clear and, very, and it's very respected. And I was talking about very ordinary human issues. And... Uh, but after a while, I began to get more confidence, and, uh, and I uh, got to a point now in the past, maybe it was two or three years ago, that I thought it's time now to write up all the things I've learned and thought about in the medical area because it's needed. And so I went to uh, a hospital that I had been connected to a little bit uh, in Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, we had a deal where I would go there two days of, uh, a month for two years and just have my run of the hospital and talk to people there. And that's what I did in preparation for this book. Wow. We're going to take a short break. And actually, we have five copies of the book to give away today on the Dr. Pat Show. More importantly, I want to make sure that you all know that you have an opportunity to call in if you want to come on air, ask questions, or just connect with us. Please do so as you call in. Our toll-free number is 1-800-930-2819. When we come back, we'll be talking about what it means to have that crisis, what happens when illness occurs, and what does my very special guest Thomas Moore have to say about that in his book. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Are you tired of being overweight and nothing you try can get you to lose the weight and keep it off? What if there was a way to lose the weight that didn't involve dieting, buying other people's food, counting points, or having risky surgery? I'm Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis to share some successes from people just like you. Janine Crosby lost 89 pounds in 10 months. Brenda Eckel lost 75 pounds and went from a size 22 to a size 8. She is completely free from her insulin for diabetes. Becky Miller lost 65 pounds and went from a size 18 to a 6. Bill Birdsong lost 105 pounds and a total of 14 inches off his waist. His pant size went from a 50 to a 36. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistic Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose one to three pounds per day in 21 days naturally under our physician supervision. Call Holistic Medical Center 425 425- Four five one zero four zero four, or on the web drdarvish.com d-r-d-a-r-v-i-s-h.com are you tired of waking with aches and pains sick of taking one prescription drug after another would you like to take complete charge of your health at vitality chiropractic dr bonnie verhunt specializes in all natural treatments for everything from arthritis to chronic fatigue For information on how chiropractic can change your life, visit vitalitychiropractic.com or call 206-824-5521. And be sure to listen to Dr. Bonnie Verhunt on The Dr. Pat Show. The search is over. The Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, is your connection to tens of thousands of people waiting to hear your empowering message, waiting to choose your product or service. Dr. Pat's goal is to connect you with the people that want high-quality products and services created with love for humanity and the earth. Products and services like yours. Be the business that joins the buzz. The Dr. Pat Show buzz. The buzz of talk radio to thrive by. Connect with people that value conscious living and mindful thinking. Living life full out. Have your business be identified with this powerful and inspiring show. Join the buzz. Be the buzz. Let the Dr. Pat Show talk radio to thrive by. Be the conduit to those who would benefit most from your services. To sponsor the Dr. Pat Show, call Dr. Pat at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Let our success be your success. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. As I said before, what an incredible day. Now I get to talk with Thomas Moore. He is best-selling author, and many of you know, best-selling author of Care of the Soul. But now what I've got in my hand, and the phones are ringing to give copies of this book away, Care of the Soul in Medicine, Healing Guidance for Patients, Families, and people who care for them. You can also find out more. You can go to the website, careofthesoul.net, and you can find out lots about Thomas, lots about what he's up to, and much more. Uh, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us here today. This is really great to have you on the show. 
Well, I, I enjoy having a chance to talk about these things. You can't do that everywhere. No, you really can't. I mean, and you have sort of your journey, as you just mentioned. You know, you've had um, this message that, to take out into the world long before the message was even, quote, acceptable or, you know, or even appreciated. And I, and I was so struck by the timing of this book, by the way, Care of the Soul in Medicine, right? All of the conversation about healthcare. Many people would think, okay, the timing of this book is in conjunction with, but it's really not. I mean, tell us a little bit about what it was that made you decide to take this message out now. And then how is this book different from the way that we think about health and medicine? Well, can I take the second part first? Perfect. Uh, I'm really interested in that. The, um, I think what's happened is that we live in a time, uh, fortunately, a time when science is really uh, achieving so much, a great deal, and we're the beneficiaries of that, and it's a, a wonderful thing. But the trouble is science doesn't go far enough. I mean, the science is there, and it's important. I'm alive today because of that science. But... Um, uh, there, there are other aspects of life, like uh, spiritual, the spiritual dimension, and what I refer to as the deep soul, the soul dimension, which is really the kind of source of our humanity and our individuality. So, um, what I've wanted to do here is to is not to be critical at all of the science of medicine, but to try to push it further. And I think the average person understands this because. Everyone I talk to says, say when they when they go to a hospital or just going to the doctor, um, they would like to, to be treated as a human being more and less as a body. They don't want to go into a hospital with a sense that this place is a factory or taking, you know, just taking care of my body parts, which some people feel, and I've talked to doctors who feel that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot being done to improve that situation, but I don't think it goes deep enough. So. What I wanted to do was spell out for both uh, the healthcare givers and patients ways in which we could make our healthcare system uh, address uh, body, soul, and spirit. One of the things you talk about in the book is, and for those of you that are listening to the show, um, uh, how many books do we have left? Should I go? Okay, yeah, we've got four copies of the book left. Let's do it. one 800 930 2819, we'd love to give you a copy. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about, there's um, a part of the book, and I wrote this down, that says the body expresses the soul. And I read that section of the book several times, and I wanted to ask you about how, do, how did you come to the knowing of that, and how does it affect us today in contemporary times? Well, one way I came to know it is that I spend most of my time in the 12th to the 15th century. You know, I don't live in the modern world. Mm -hmm. I, I read books that are very old. I, I read, because I was in a monastery, I, I read Latin and Greek. You know, I'm going to do, I read these old texts about medicine. And they, they, they look at the human being in very mysterious ways. And, and for example, uh, this rather famous physician, Paracelsus, says that a doctor really shouldn't practice unless he or she knows astrology. Now, you know, that's rather strange for us today mm. to think of it that way. So what I do, I read, I read these old texts that really treat a person as being so much more than a body. And so when I then 
uh, talk about the, I, uh, our own situation today, what I do is try to bring the wisdom of that time into the present. I understand that scientifically that they were not as advanced as we are, but in some ways at other levels they were more advanced. You know, in the book as well, you talk about uh, a number of different things. You talk about healing, and you also mentioned Joseph Campbell. You know, how did Joseph Campbell, if at all, influence some of the things you've put in the book? Well, when I was first getting started in my studies, getting past the, the limited theology that I was trained in, I read Campbell and I met him and, and had conversations with him about uh, mythology as a spiritual uh, spiritual thing, as uh, mythology as sacred text. And so I spent a lot of time uh, with mythology. And a lot of my books contain uh, mythology. This one doesn't have much itself, but, but the others do. Mm -hmm. And so Campbell influenced me in the sense of uh, he helped me use my imagination so that when I uh, look at illness or disease, what I'm doing is trying to say to myself, what is the myth of the doctor. What, what myth are, is the doctor in when he's treating me? Or what is the story, the narrative that the patient is in when they go to somebody for, uh, for help, like to a nurse or to a doctor or to a hospital? They're, they're, we're living out stories all the time, and that's, that's Campbell's contribution, that he helps us see those stories that we're in unconsciously. You know, one of the things, Thomas, I wanted to ask you about, and a friend of mine just commented about this the other day. Um, you know, she had mentioned to me that she 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 knew you were going to come on the show. And the comment that she made was, right now in our pop culture, there are an unusual amount of television shows on about medical issues, hospitals, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I'm putting all the romance and all the other stuff aside sort of for a moment. She said something very interesting to me, and I'd like to ask you about it. She said what she's noticed in the theme of these shows is that there is a dilemma between how to care for a person as a person or how to just have them go through as quickly, efficiently, and cost-effectively as possible. And I wanted to ask you, uh, does, how does that sh dilemma show up in your book? Because I know that this is important to you, the person. And what is it we what can we do about it? Well, I can think of a couple of things. Okay. One is one is when you're faced with a dilemma. I I was taught through my studies always choose both sides of the dilemma. Mm -hmm. Never get stuck at one. So right. I think I think we can do both. Okay. I think I think we can uh, see, understand the limitations of time and and money. At the same time, it doesn't cost anything to treat a, a person, a patient, as a human being. And in fact, to bring more soul into our hospitals and medical centers, it costs very, very little, not much at all. Some, in many cases, doesn't cost anything. So I think what we have to do is say both to those kinds of, to, to those kinds of questions. You know, and when we look at this, I mean, clearly, you know, people that will read your book, there are so many ideas in this book that uh, I, I know many of them that I've had after reading this book that would try, we would try to translate it to contemporary times. So let's talk about this for a minute. I mean, what could contemporary healthcare learn from what you've written here and what your message is? Well, they could learn, first of all, that, uh, that when people come for treatment, they, they are people that are full of emotions. 
uh, anxieties, uh, hopes, fears, a lot of emotions. They're there. Whether you like it or not, they're there. There are people who have close relationships. The family's worried about them being there. They want to take care of them. So that every word that comes from the mouth of a doctor or a nurse has more power than the doctor or nurse probably understands. So I would like to, uh, I would hope that doctors and, and other people who take care of people in the health field uh, might learn to uh, to be more aware of how deep the, the medical treatment goes and how, how much the invisible things are actually present, like the emotional and the relational. There are so many issues there that are so important to people who are being treated. And if you just look at the body and try to fix it, you're really not dealing with the person who's present to you. Mm. And I think that those issues, the emotional and the spiritual and the relational issues, have a lot to do with recovery and health. Well, is it, that's what you refer to in the book as well as the spirituality of medicine. Yes. The spirituality of medicine is, is an area that is getting a lot of attention mm -hmm. in various places. But I don't think the soul of, of medicine is getting any attention at all, really, or not much. And by, by that, I mean the soul, the deep soul has to do with these things, these, uh, a sense of home. Uh, like when people go to a hospital, missing their home, missing their work. Uh, that's something we have to take into account, uh, how important certain relationships are. Uh, the spiritual place, when people are trying to find their meaning in their life, but that's a very deep thing as well. as It's not just belief, it's also there are deep feelings involved there. And the physical place, this is a big issue for me, mm -hmm. uh, how, how we actually uh, present our medicine. Uh, so many people, you know, when you talk about hospital, they'll say, oh, like the, the colors and the smells and all that. There's no need for a hospital to have that uh, have that air about it that it creates anxiety. It could be a place that does just the opposite, that invites people to relax and to, to really heal. Wow. We have so much to talk with you about. When we come back from break, my very special guest joining me here today, Thomas Moore, a care of the soul in medicine, healing guidance for patients, family, and people who care for them. When we come back, we'll be talk, talking about the soulful healer and what can we learn? What can we learn? What happens when we do heal? What can we learn from our illness? That and much more on the Dr. Pat show. This is talk radio to thrive by for more information about us go to drpatlive.com that's drpatlive.com stay tuned we'll be right back with the show remember for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives just like people they are what they eat wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being true wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make you can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you wellness natural food for pets this is where true wellness begins. Did you know that there's a direct link between smoking and back pain? This is Dr. Bonnie Verhunz here to share some information about smoking. Tobacco smoke contains over 4,000 chemicals, including nicotine and carbon monoxide. These chemicals constrict arteries and interfere with blood circulation, which results in oxygen and other nutrients not being properly circulated. The nerves in the spine then become weak and brittle. 
The good news is that once you quit smoking, proper blood flow returns. Regular chiropractic adjustments ensure that blood flow and nutrients are properly flowing to your spine and organs. For tips on how to quit smoking and how chiropractic can help, visit our website at vitalitychiropractic.com or call 206-824-5521. And be sure to listen to me, Dr. Bonnie Verhunts, on the Dr. Pat Show the second Tuesday at 10 o'clock of every month. is the perfect time to learn Tai Chi and Qigong. These ancient Chinese healing arts, also called mind-body practice, are simple to learn, clinically proven to be effective, and can be practiced by anyone, anywhere, at any time. For 10 years, the Institute of Integral Qigong and Tai Chi has been a respected leader in mind-body practice training. Visit IIQTC.org. Empower yourself, empower others. Visit IIQTC.org for more information on mind-body practice. IIQTC.org. When was the last time you were flabbergasted? Well, I was the first time I cleaned with this cloth named E-Cloth. E-Cloth claims perfect cleaning with just water on all hard surfaces and no chemicals. I started with my windows, then stovetop, and then the refrigerator. I was totally flabbergasted on how well E-Cloth cleaned everything. And I did it without exposing my family to potential health-harmful chemical cleaners. Also with E-Cloth, there's no paper towels, chemicals to buy, so you'll save money. And they're guaranteed to thoroughly clean for years. As a Dr. Pat Show listener, you'll get 20% off everything you order and free shipping. Go to ecloth.com and when checking out, enter Dr. Pat. That's ecloth.com, 20% off everything, free shipping. You'll never go back to cleaning any other way. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on each and every day. Wow, thank you so, so much. My very special guest joining me here today is best-selling author Thomas Moore. And I want to make sure that you know how to find out more about him. Certainly, you can go to his website, careofthesoul.net, careofthesoul.net. You can also find this book, Care of the Soul in Medicine, uh, on our friends at Hay House's website, along with other kinds of information about Thomas. So you can go to hayhouse.com for that. Uh, Thomas, again, thank you so much for joining, uh, joining me here today. There's so much in the book. I wanted to talk about sort of the soulful healer and healing versus illness and treating illness and whether or not the the journey to become well goes beyond the body and goes into, uh, you know, healing of the soul. Can you talk a bit about that and how that's addressed in the book? Well, uh, yes, today we have a tendency to think of a doctor as someone who has a great deal of technical knowledge. And in fact, uh, when I talk to residents, medical residents, these are young people just really getting started in their practice, uh, they just feel overwhelmed with how much technical information they have to amass. And in a way, what they tell me is that that crowds out uh, any opportunity to go further, to be on the technical. 
and they feel i don't know if it's really true but they feel that they that they really don't have any room in their their schedules to be able to do anymore so that creates then an atmosphere of technology around medicine and for the practitioner whether you're a nurse or doctor or somebody else um i think what you do is you get away from the notion of being someone who heals another person and you become someone who knows how to fix certain parts or they're a specialist in certain areas. And that actually takes away a bit from the sense of being a healer. The other thing connected to it is that I talk to people uh, in these fields who started out with a strong sense of calling to be healers, really. They wanted to help people. That's what they, they say, pure and simple. But uh, in the process with the education that they have to get uh, these days, they really lose contact with that sense that, that got them into it in the first place, that calling. So I think to be a healer, what you have to do is be uh, somehow stay connected to what it is that really brought you into this field in the first place. And beyond that, you have to consciously decide to transcend the purely technical aspects and understand that's the, the myth of our time. It's the story that we live in our time, but you've got to stretch beyond it and be a little bit out of the times. You know, one of the things that I think that you ask uh, as well, and you talk about in your book in terms of stretching, is, um, you know, is, is, is you talk about images and you talk about dreams in the context of healing. And, um, and, and again, another symbol, another sign. How do our dreams, our dreams affect our, our, our healing process? Well, uh, you might say that the dreams uh, present us with, with information from mm. deep, deep inside of us and in the world around us. Uh, in, in my own practice of psychotherapy now for 30 years, I've been almost the entire time in therapy working with the dream. It's not that I'm interpreting the dream all the time, but I'm seeing clues in the dream uh, to, uh, as to what's going on. And I think that when we get sick, this is a time when we really want to be as deeply in touch with ourselves as possible and to get some guidance. And so... I think the dream would be a terrific place to to go to. And so I've been recommending, not entirely seriously, but recommending that if we're going to have a chart at the bed about uh, medications and temperature and that mm -hmm. sort of thing, we could have another chart of dreams and maybe conversations to, under, to, to, to realize that uh, being sick and being healed is an experience. It's not just... It's not just a, a matter of fixing. It's an experience you go through. And in that way, the dream helps. It gives some, some suggestions at a deep level of what it is you're actually experiencing. Mm. You know, there are things that folks kind of point to in their lives to say that, you know, losing that job was the best thing that ever happened to me, even though at the time it was like awful. Um, and then they talk about illness. And I don't quite hear folks talk about sort of the thing like the job or, you know, the lesson I learned from my mom passing in the same way that they talk about disease and i'll just say that but yet you talk about it and there's this rite of passage i think that you refer to sometimes about having an illness and healing and and i'm just so curious to talk about that of what that really means and what is it that one can learn this is this i've learned really from the patients that mm -hmm. i talked to especially in the past few years in preparation for this book. What they tell me, I'd say the great majority of them tell me that 
is they would never wish that illness on anybody, and they wouldn't want to have to go through it. But in fact, it gave them a great deal. And what they mean is that, when they spell it out, they, what they mean is that, um, first of all, their sense of priorities has changed by the illness. So now they, they have a different sense of what's important, and they would live their lives differently because they, they now realize that what they considered important before would be lower on their list than it is now. Certain relationships or maybe some work they would like to do, uh, ways of being in the world, how they spend their time. And uh, beyond that, beyond just the priorities, uh, they, they realize that they, that they need people more because when, there's, when you're sick, you discover that you can't really go it alone. And so they realize that they can be more dependent than they thought they could in, in a way that actually works and they can let people take care of them. That's quite a learning for some people. And then I think the, the third thing that they learn is that, uh, as a rite of passage, is that uh, when you're sick, really sick, you get to a point where you can't rely on yourself anymore, and even medicine has its limitations. And then you're pushed to, be to the very edge, then, of your experience and your existence. And you have to ask yourself, now, am I a spiritual person, and what does that mean, and what does it mean to be to have faith? Do I, ha do I have that level of trust that this illness is asking of me? So I think there's a real spiritual deep deepening as well that, uh, that goes on as a sort of rite of passage. And one of the things that you also question in the book as well, which I believe is really tied into this, um, is health care a job or a calling? I mean, that's the question that you ask in the book. Mm -hmm. And I think that's worth a, a very big conversation because there seems to be a little gap between what you've written and what people that are really sick and people that are, you know, that actually practice uh, the spirituality of healing and the doctors that treat them, there seems to be this gap. And I would love for you to share a bit with our listeners on how you address this in the book. Uh, well, uh, the, uh, uh, what I say is that um, uh, many of the people who, who uh, take care of the mm -hmm. sick, the yeah. nurse. Uh, now, mainly it's nurses and doctors that right. I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. um, they do. They do lose track with uh, with what they're actually doing. Um, they they lose track of the um, of the uh, the vision that they have in the world, and they they feel that they become like functionaries. And then the patients see that, you know, they experience these people as just going about their jobs. And the patients say to me all the time, if only the doctor would just stop and talk to me and just be a human being for a few minutes, that would make such a difference to me. So one of the gaps is this gap between their technical know-how and what they think they have to do and being themselves as a human being. I don't think that a doctor or a nurse has to uh, reveal too much of themselves to their patients. You don't want to do that. But you can be present, and this is something that I emphasize a lot in this book. Presence is mm -hmm. so important so that you're not distracted or not hiding behind uh, all the, uh, the machinery and the numbers and the fancy language that is used in medicine, but where you can at least for a few moments be a real human being to the other human being. You talk to patients, and it means so much to them that a doctor or a nurse just told them a little story or just said hello to them in the morning or is passing by and stopped just to say, how are you doing? 
And doctors say to me, well, we don't have time for that. And I say, you know, it takes roughly five seconds. That's all. Is the same... Does the same problem exist for family and friends? And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, as a family member, uh, folks can be so involved with what's actually happening medically that they almost approach their family member as the doctors do. Isn't this sort of the same message for family and friends that are present? Yes, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's very important not to get caught up in, the, in that atmosphere mm-hmm. of, of medical treatment. It's so difficult to avoid it because everything around you is saying treatment, treatment, treatment. Exactly. And you have all these, even in a patient's room, you have all these machines and you have gadgets coming out of the wall and you have them, you know, tagged and you've got, everything there is, 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 uh, is showing you that this is a person who is under treatment. But in fact, it's still a person. And, and the very simple things are terribly important. Uh, in a room to be able to have maybe have a photograph of somebody who's close to you or your family or your pet, anybody. Uh, to, if we could have rooms that were cozier, more like home, I think that would help a great deal. It's that movement away from ordinary uh, life that we feel so deeply, moving into this treatment facilities, we call them, um, that really takes away that humanity that is very healing in itself. And families get into that situation, and uh, they usually give way to it all. They don't want to interfere. Um, they're very concerned about their family member, but they're also they also know their place. And I think that's something that really has to change. Families are part of the cure. Exactly. And in a, in a different way than I think they think. Exactly the way that you've talked about. Boy, we've got so much to learn here. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking about nurturing the soul. You know, what does that mean? Many of, uh, uh, many of us go through life. We don't even understand that we have the power and the potential to do that. We'll be right back with my very special guest, Thomas Moore. And by the way, we still have a few copies of the book. one 800 930 2819. We'll be right back. Ready to manifest your heart's desire? Want to know the secret to navigating life's in-between times with confidence and skill? Ready, Set, Manifest with Life Coach Debbie Lacey offers real tools to coach yourself through the in-betweens and leaps in life. Say goodbye to being stuck and hello to Ready, Set, Manifest. Visit theinspiredcoach.com and join the next Ready, Set, Manifest telegathering. You're not lost. You're getting ready. Visit theinspiredcoach.com. Are you taking too many oral pain pills and concerned about side effects? Are you having trouble getting to sleep because of the pain? Well, I'm Lou Paradise. I had the same problems you have. Cured my pain, eliminated pain pills and their side effects by developing Topperson Pain Relief and Healing Cream. Topperson relieves pain without side effects. It doesn't burn, it doesn't smell, and it doesn't stain. But don't just take my word for it. Doctors, pharmacists, and pain specialists are using and recommending Topperson and ending the suffering for thousands of people just like you. 
We know you're hurt. We want to help. We're so sure Topperson will work for you. We offer a money-back guarantee. So if you want pain relief with no side effects, ask for Topperson or call 1-800-959-1007. That's 1-800-959-1007. Topperson, the last pain medicine you'll ever need, and you can sleep on that. Hi, this is Ana Luque, author of The Yogurt Diet. Based on scientific research, this lifestyle has been carefully for formulated to promote weight loss and boost the immune system. The yogurt diet will help you achieve overall balance and radiant health, even if you suffer from lactose and gluten intolerance, yeast infections, digestive problems, and more. Consuming yogurt daily is an excellent way to optimum health and ideal weight. And the yogurt I recommend is Greek God's Greek yogurt. So thick and creamy. Greek God's yogurt is simply yogurtlicious. Greek God's yogurt is full of probiotic bacteria, good for overall health. And it's made with all natural ingredients in the same tradition yogurt has been made in Greece for centuries. Try the Greek God's popular honey yogurt or the tangy yet subtly sweet pomegranate. Don't forget to try the new Greek God's kefir cheese spread. Great for dips or as a healthy substitute for sour cream. Be happy. Go Greek. Experience the myth. Do you want to prosper by using good timing to work in harmony with the universe? Each year, show host Madeline Gerwick provides a new good timing guide so you can know the best times for all your important activities. To order the new 2011 good timing guide, just go to askmadeline.com. That's A-S-K-M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E.com. And click on the Polaris store or call 877-524-8300 to get your 2011 good timing guide today. everyone welcome back to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by the book i have in my hand and the book certainly that we're giving uh, away on the show is care of the soul in medicine healing guidance for patients family and people who care for them thomas moore is my very special guest we all know him as the author of the number one new york times bestseller care of the soul we're talking about many things today of course those of you that are listening there is so much more in the book that we're not able to get to. Uh, We are going to be talking about nurturing the soul as well. Uh, And I want to make sure that all of you have the website that you can go to. You can go to careofthesoul.net and also the Hay House website for information about other things that Thomas may be up to. Uh, Thomas, thank you so much for joining the show today. This is really wonderful. Well, I'm really happy to be talking to you. Uh, you, you, you're uh, you're with me here. You know what we're talking about. I am with you here, and I'm so glad that you've actually written this book. And I want to, before we talk about nurturing the soul, let's kind of give ourselves sort of a 30,000-foot view for a minute and talk about medicine for, for a moment, doctors, nurses, alternative you know, from your perspective, how do you see us all coming together as a healing community? Well, first of all, you have to understand that we that we all uh, work together. It is a community. There's no individual work in this business at all. One of the things that struck me when I was doing this the research for this book was I remember talking to people who uh, who raise money for hospitals. 
And uh, I was interested in their ideas about medicine, and they felt that they too were really part of the, the care and the, and the healing of patients because they're there getting money so the hospitals can exist. Uh, so that made me realize that everybody in this whole system is there because uh, caring for people is giving meaning to their life. And uh, so many told me that they would be doing the work even if they weren't paid to do it. Now, of course, they need money to be able to survive, but that's how they felt about it. And that is it, really. And each person has a particular role as well. I mean, there are doctors that are out there saving lives. And and I just want to make sure that our listeners understand the context of the book that you're writing and the role that each person plays. And that, you know, we're not really here to to talk about the fact that, you know, some people don't think conventional medicine, whatever that is, you really are taking a different approach here, aren't you? Yes, I'm not, I'm not presenting uh, an alternative to medicine as we know it today. I mean, not in a sense of, you know, an alternative medicine. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is take uh, medicine as we know it and the way it's developing and looking, look at it and see how we can humanize it more and deal with people better. What, what I see, though, you know, I see two things. I see that um, uh, all the time I find doctors and nurses especially I talk to who are uh, extremely caring about their patients and go out of their way and spend extra time and think about, bring their patients home with them. Mm-hmm. All of that kind of thing. I don't mean physically, but, you know, in their yes. own, in their emotions yep. and so on. Uh, and also another thing I've noticed recently are uh, people who are technicians uh, working x-rays and things like that, or, or I talked to a nurse the other day, are being very uh, imaginative about how they can help their, their patients as people. So uh, one person was telling me before uh, she puts a person through this imaging machine that she plays some music that might help calm them. Oh. And you know, something like that, it doesn't take much, you mm-hmm. know, to add something to what you're doing. So there's an awful lot going on there that's very caring and positive. On the other hand, when you talk to patients, though, you find out that the system is not working for so many. There's so many who feel that the system is cold and that the fam- families are not being taken care of enough and that uh, they can't get the information they need and that the language is just something they just can't follow. They don't even know what they're, what they're being treated for sometimes. Yeah, it really is giving us a challenge to sort of raise the bar on getting ourselves educated. Well, you know, let's talk about education here in a different way for a minute, Thomas. And and again, you know, I mentioned that there's a part of the book which, uh, you know, again, I've read this several times, Nurturing the Soul. And what I was struck by right at the very beginning of the conversation was that, you know, I believe you go on to say that it is... um, it is difficult or or misleading to separate uh, things, uh, the soul things from spirit things clearly. And I wanted you to talk about that because we sometimes in, in our culture use soul and spirit interchangeably. Yes, we do. Yeah. I, I follow a very old tradition, I mean like 3,000 years old, that, mm-hmm. that makes a distinction between soul and spirit. Uh, so spirit are all those things that raise us high that uh, where we want to pray or we want to think about the meaning of our lives or what it's all about and what's beyond us and what's after what's going on after death and so on uh, that's one thing but the the soul really has to do with our deep 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 feelings and attachments uh, our families the people that are close to us even objects that are close to us uh, 
beauty, the experience of what's beautiful to us, uh, intimacy, um, all these things, memory is very important for the soul. So these are things that can be neglected when, you're, when your focus is entirely on the spiritual, as valuable and as important and necessary the spiritual is. And I am a spiritual person and a spiritual writer, but the soul is equally important. So when you come to medicine, it may be very important uh, to, to see how people are eating. So I've gone to the food services and hospitals and see, now, what kind of food and, and how do you present the food and what do people feel about it? I, I, my dad's in the hospital as we speak. I called him the other day and the mm -hmm. first time I had talked to him in that hospital, I said, Dad, how are you doing? He said, well, the food is great. That's <laughs> the first thing he said. Yes. <laughs> and it's not because he's so interested in getting nutrients. Not at all. He just wants to have an experience of being a human being that has some food he likes. It is, really. And isn't that interesting? I had the same experience about that. <laughs> um, and if we are really getting back to, as you said earlier at the beginning of the show, we are really getting back to that place where we're not really talking about an illness or disease, but we're talking about a person, aren't we? Yes, we I are. I think we we're have forgotten about that. A person. Yes. Right. We've forgotten that, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've forgotten this is a person. We may even use the term person. Uh, uh, but we don't really understand, or we don't we don't feel it enough how, how big a person is and how deep that person goes. In the book, there is a message. There is uh, something that you are passionate about changing. Something that you want all of us to understand and perhaps help with. Would you share your personal message for our listeners today? And what you believe this book will help us with? Well, you know, this, this comes to me, it comes to me from uh, my own family, I suppose, most of all. My mother died five years ago, and I was with her going through the health system, and I saw so many things that could be improved so that she could have had a really good death. It took her nine months to die, and she had to do it within the medical system. And I saw all these things, uh, the way she was treated, um, the way people uh, looked at her and talked to her. And I thought, you know, it could be a lot better. Mm. Uh, these are people who really want to do their jobs well, but they just simply haven't uh, been brought aware of what it means to, to be treating a person. So with this book, I hope that uh, I, I really wanted to write it both for, for uh, health care givers and to patients and families, both. I don't want to split them up. I want to keep them together, but I want to give advice to both of them. I shouldn't say give advice, but, you know, I want to give some ideas mm -hmm. for both of them uh, to say how we could, we could um, step outside this cold system that we have. It's part of our philosophy of life, the, the, uh, the technology-dominated life that we live in. Step out of that. Step beyond it. But step into warmth. Step into human relationship and step into the deep inner feelings and experiences that we all have, especially when we're sick. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much, Thomas Moore, everyone. Thank you, Thomas, for joining us on the show today. It's really been an honor and a pleasure to have you here. I, I love talking with you. I'd love to do that again. Please do that, and we'd love to have you back. This is a very important book, everyone, uh, and it's a book that if you are uh, considering... 
a family member or someone that you like to have different care, this really is a guide, you know, including a practical guide that's in this book. But this is this is about heart to heart connection as well. And as Thomas More has said during the show uh, and in his book, it's not about the illness per se. It really is about the person. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. For more information, you can go to drpatlive.com. For more information about my guests, go to careofthesoul.net. We'll see you next time.